Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Do we have time for pleasantries? I know you're very you're very excited about this episode. You want to get in? You you were trying to force me to wear my headphones before the show even started. You're like worried that I wasn't gonna be able to figure it out when we had to get our guest on the phone. You tweeted, you texted me last night, you're like, show's at 10 a.m., we're calling our guest at 10 a.m., I was like, okay. You're like, can you be in my place at 9.40? I'm like, no, I get how it works. I'll be there. You're very turnt today. I'm very turnt. We have Barry McCockiner is going to be joining us live the, on the, the show. The world famous Barry McCockiner. He's had 46 Twitter accounts suspended, banned. I, honestly, I've always loved his comments. I've always loved his his takes on sports. I can't believe he's been banned so many times. And you, Andy Ruther, with your Taco Bell jokes, never banned. Again, my Taco Bell. I don't have that many Taco Bell jokes in the last year. <laughs> Ever since I mentioned it, you got you got gun shy. I got mentioned Taco Bell. I had plancha last night. I decided to get five late night tacos. So. I just think of that George Brett water. That's going to be me on the toilet after the show. Great, great lead in for our guest. Yeah, why, why, you know why don't I? Why don't I reach out to him? Let, let, let's throw those headphones on, and let's get Barry on the phone here. Let's do it. Lot, lot of suspense with this one, Prano. For people who don't know, have we dialed him yet? Are we he, calling? He's going to call me. Oh, okay. So Barry is. Uh, He's a Twitter account, basically. That's all we know. Yes. He doesn't He doesn't think Brady is the GOAT. He doesn't think Jordan is the GOAT. Oh. He shits on Kobe. Here he is. And he's on time. I love it. Love it. Good morning, Barry McCockiner. Are you there, sir? I am. Bigger question. Are you currently doing something to support the troops? Well, as as a matter of fact, I am. I'm actually standing right now. I am listening to the national anthem, uh, and I, I've been doing that for really the last six years. I have not sat down <laughs> once in the last six years. <laughs> well, we, we, we are saluting you right now. We have our salute to service banner that I got at Monday Night Football, and it just that, made me think of you. That, that there's, there shouldn't be any other way. I'm very proud of you guys. Well, thank you, Barry. And, 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 you know, like you, we do support the troops. And there's been a lot of hoopla with you coming on the show, Barry. And people want to know things. Are you ready to get into this? I am 100% ready. But before we begin, I just want to congratulate both of you guys on having as many finals MVPs as Steph Curry. <laughs> because that's a really, really great accomplishment. Not a lot of people have as many finals MVPs as Steph Curry does, but you guys do. I just wanted to, just before we begin, I just wanted to get that out of the way and just congratulate you guys. Well, thank you, Barry. And I, I want to follow up by congratulating you for having also as many NBA Finals as Steph Curry. MVPs. What did I say? Doesn't matter. You're Ruthering already. 
Barry, I, I got to <laughs> say that I'm very excited to have you on the show because for, I don't know how long you've been doing this on Twitter, but as long as you've been doing it, people have been accusing me of being you. And I just want to put it out there once and for all. There can be two people in the world that think LeBron's the GOAT, Brady's a system QB, Kevin Durant's a bitch. Like, that we do, we do exist. Yeah, I mean, we're, and we're both, yeah. I mean, um, I, well, I've been, I, I also, I, I understand that another question you guys were going to ask me was how, because uh, I don't have my face as my profile pic, and you guys have you know, this policy where you go after faceless trolls. And that's, you know, the, the question was, oh, well, you're having a faceless troll on your show. Um, and I think this will tie into it where, you asked me how long I've been on, on Twitter. I've been on Twitter since like the summer of 2013. So, I mean, that's a long time to be getting asked, oh, are you, are you just one person? You know, must be living a double life. Um, and I had my, I had my, uh, my real face is my profile picture for like four years. And around like last year, I remember I was sitting, I was sitting at home. Actually, no, I wasn't sitting. I was standing. <laughs> yes, yes. I was, you, you, I was saluting the troops, and this com- and this commercial came on, and it was like I'd seen this commercial a thousand times, and it was like this low budget, like it looked like a low budget porno, and it had like this shady doctor, and he was like aggressively like telling the the audience like you have to go to the addiction network, do this, do that. And I was like, I'd seen this commercial like a thousand times. And at first I thought it was like a local commercial, but I was like, you know, this asshole is really annoying. So I took like a picture of it and I posted it on Twitter and I was like, you know, this guy's an asshole. And like <laughs> hundreds of people liked it and they said, Oh yeah, we know this guy, he's an asshole. And so I said, well, I might as well make this guy's face my profile pick. And for the last year or so, I've done that. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And it's funny because even still, every now and then, I'll get somebody in my mentions like, you know, I, I recognize that guy's face from somewhere, but I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I know I've seen it before, but I don't know where I've seen it. And so then I'll tell each other, I'll tell the person, oh, it's the Addiction Network. And they're like, oh. And now people actually think that it's me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm much more more handsome in real life. Yeah. Now the thing about our, our hatred of faceless trolls is, I mean, I don't want to even say that you're trolling. Like, I I don't think telling the truth is being a troll. So like that's let's start there. But like when you're when all you do is go on the internet and shit on people, and you hide behind a picture, it's different. You're just a Twitter account that is telling the truth. About LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, the Warriors, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, you're not trolling. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I try. I mean, to be fair, yeah, sometimes I do blatantly do troll. I do basically try to get a reaction out of people. But uh, I guess a better way to put it is, I mean, yeah, I do I do give factual statements and I do give stats and stuff. So I guess I just try I, – I, post a lot of facts with a satirical angle to it and i think that satire i think sometimes goes over people's heads and it on the internet crazy. no yeah i mean it, even this i mean every now and then like well not every now and then pretty frequently whenever you know all you have to do donald trump's twitter is like literally like he sends a tweet about anything and within like five seconds there's already a thousand people responding to it so i figured 
well, I might as well respond to them and see if I can get any people to bite on this. And so pretty frequently I'll, I'll talk about how I'll reply, Donald, you have to outlaw marijuana because I've lost like hundreds of cousins to marijuana. Over <laughs> Big fan of those and, jokes, by the way. And like every single, every single time without fail, there's at least like within five minutes, there's at least 10 to 15 people with like American flag abbeys coming in like you can't overdose on marijuana and so and then like what you know what you're doing let me hop in here real quick what you're doing is what's great is through your twitter feed and through jokes like that you're exposing and i'm going to use it with a hard r the retardedness yeah i went there of americans like like joe and i retardedness a word whatever You know, tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato, Joe. Right? I can okay. just make things up. So basically, not how you use that phrase either. Yeah, but that, please continue. <laughs> that's my new thing. I just like saying tomato, tomato. That's what I like about your account, Barry. Is that you expose the morons, like Joe and I are saying, the faceless troll. It, it's like if you make a joke about comparing LeBron and Kobe. By the way, there's no comparison. Yeah. The person who comes at you with a Kobe AVI and is like, you know. 24 goat and you're like dude you've never played you've never played a game of basketball in your life but let's just let's just break down the facts here yeah i mean it's well i mean just just uh last week another example of this another one of the things i do people that follow me already know this and i'm also famous for impersonating reporters and making locker room threads on twitter which are pretty sometimes sometimes are pretty explicit (laughs) um but uh Last week, I remember during the um, the KD Draymond uh, scandal there in Golden State, uh, I took advantage of the opportunity to kind of ad lib a little bit on the situation, and I made a tweet. I was impersonating Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, the famous NBA reporter, and um, I said I basically said, you know, that Draymond called Steve Kerr a cracker, <laughs> and. And um, this this radio station in Minnesota. I saw this. They actually they, they ran with it and they thought it was serious. And the guy was like, and the guy said, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green called Steve Kerr a dumb cracker. And it That's was amazing. all. I mean, so so it's just like that. Just the fact that I, I made that tweet while I was taking a shit too. So it was like here hold, I am. Hold on, hold on. Real quick question: When you take a shit, are you still standing for the anthem while you shit? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm standing when I take a shit because you know, it, it, sure, it gets, it makes a mess and it gets all over the place. But you know what? It's, it's a tough it. scene. It, it's definitely, <laughs> it, it can be a tough scene. It can be a tough scene. But you know what? I, it, it's all worth it for the troops. Let me let me tell you why. Like people should have known that we weren't the same person. And my favorite thing that you do in all your Twitter feed, the work that you put into. The Tom Brady highlight videos, the Michael yeah. Jordan defense videos. Like, I don't yeah. have that kind of time, that kind of energy, that kind of, I don't even know, editing skill. That's when people should have known. I'm not sitting there. I, you're cutting up Tom Brady game tape, and you're, and you're just showing his, his three-yard dump passes? Yeah. Well, I can't. Well, I can't, I can't lie. I'm not some sort of technical genius. What I, what I usually do is I just... After the game's over, I'll usually just go to the uh, NFL's uh, YouTube account, and they already do mostly editing for me. Oh, that's amazing! So, yeah, so it makes me look so it makes me look smarter. But uh, yeah, then I'll basically just use my phone and and um, just uh, 
Honestly, I don't even really have to edit it because pretty much all of his passes are just like five-yard checkdown passes. So where do you put – let's just get to that then. Where, if we're talking all-time greats, and Joe and I have had – this season it's been, we've been dealing with Breeze fans, and we have both agreed. We have put Drew Breeze sixth all-time, and, uh, which has caused a ruckus down in New Orleans. But where, do, where would you put – where would Barry McCockiner put Tom Brady on his all-time quarterback list? Well, you know, for me, I'm, I've always, I've always judged quarterbacks differently than the standard, you know, rings, uh, thing where it's like, oh, you have to, you have to go by rings. And since Brady has five rings, he's, he's automatically the best ever. And, you know, to be sure, I mean, for all the trolling I do and for all the, you know, the, the shots I take out of him, I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously good. Like yet you can't, you can't put up the numbers and have the longevity he's had unless you have some ability, but I just I, I've never really I, I've just never really been that impressed by him. But at the same time, it's like you can't ignore his longevity. So, I mean, in terms of accomplishments, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, he's he's probably the most accomplished quarterback of all time. But in terms of the best quarterback of all time, I don't even know if he's one of the three best of his own era. I think Rogers, Peyton and Breeze are all just as good, if not better they were just all in worse situations with worse defenses and worse coaching. Um, and I mean, cause I mean the, the basic, the most simple way to put it is in Tom Brady, this is like his 17th year as a starter. And in his first 16 years, he had a top 10 defense 13 times. So, I mean, when, when, whereas you, you look at guys like breeze and Rogers, I mean, they, they all, and Manning and Peyton, they all put up similar numbers to Brady but their records are a lot worse because of things that are out of their control pretty much like defenses. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's probably somewhere, I guess he's, he's probably somewhere in the top. He's definitely in the top 10. I don't know if I'd put him top five though. I, I completely agree with you in how to judge it. And, and it goes back to the same thing when you talk basketball, when you talk Jordan and LeBron, I always look at it is just look what happens when they get hurt or they're suspended or whatever like Brady's teams go 11 and 5 with Matt Castle or they go 3 yeah. and 1 with Garoppolo and Brissett. Meanwhile, yeah. uh Peyton Manning goes down and suddenly they're sucking for luck. Yeah. And you know, Jordan leaves a team, they lose two less, you know, they lose two more games and they make almost make the Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron leaves, they fo- they fold franchises. They're like, "All right, I guess we're not having basketball in Cleveland anymore." Until, yeah, I mean, until it comes back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no contest for me. I mean, LeBron plays against real athletes. Michael Jordan played against off-duty firefighters. It's no contest. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, the, the UPS driver outside of my house this morning, I'm pretty sure he guarded MJ in the 93 finals. <laughs> but, um, no, but I, Barry, I think, Barry, hold uh, on real quick. Why is that so hard for people to understand? And we've talked about this on our show at length. And, and, you know, there's videos out there, which everybody can see on YouTube. Why is why? Yeah, you have to watch Barry's like my favorite thing is when the other day you posted one and then somebody was like, show the bad boys Pistons. And you already had it ready. You're like, here's him against here's him against the bad boys Pistons. But it's so bizarre to us because it's like basketball is the only sport where the athlete hasn't progressed. You know what I'm saying? Nobody says, oh, Dick Butkus is the best inside linebacker of all time. Like, he would be better than a modern-day Luke Keekley. But for some reason, we have such a hard-on for this nostalgia from these 80s and 90s teams where the modern-day athlete 
is seven foot, can dribble, shoot threes. It's like there's no comparison. Well, yeah, I, I think you, I think you already said it. I think the nostalgia factor when it comes to Jordan and the eighties and nineties is is really the answer because, like, if you told somebody, okay, could the ninety, if you told some one of the you know the old heads on Twitter that constantly hate on LeBron, if you said, could the ninety six Bulls beat the twenty seventeen Warriors? They would say, oh yeah, definitely. But if you sorry, so that's like a twenty one year gap. If you told somebody, if you told those same people. The 75 Celtics could beat the 96 Bulls. They'd say, oh, get the fuck out of here. You know, the, you know, the athletes are better. And so, so like it goes against like their own logic. That's and- that's exactly my, I, that's what I always say to, uh, you know, if we're talking rings, then it's Russell. Right. But when I was a kid and Jordan was winning, it was Jordan. And that made sense to me. I'm like, the athletes are so much better now. I know he only has half of Russell's titles, but he's the best ever. Just the way I know. LeBron has only half as many titles as Jordan, but the game has advanced even that much more. If it's rings, it's Russell. If it's if it's stats and accomplishments and everything else, it's LeBron. It's never Michael. That's the thing. It's never Michael. I, I think I don't know the Michael like as opposed to my stuff. Like for me, when it comes to Tom Brady, I, I've never ever been impressed by Tom Brady like it's just he's not a good athlete I've never really been impressed I don't I honestly don't think he's that talented I just but whereas like when you watch like Michael Jordan highlights I mean it's the guy was like by far the best player of his era and he was ridiculously talented so like it's my my shots at MJ are more so whereas like my shots at Brady are like at more Brady. About Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Like my my the jokes I make about MJ are a lot more about his competition like you could drop MJ in today's era and he would put he'd still be like the best he arguably be the best player with lebron like so you're you're because i do the same thing your shots at mj is at the argument that lebron's accomplishments are somehow worse because he's not playing against the bad boys pistons oh yeah like i remember back in i think it was like 2014 when espn had the bad boy pistons 30 for 30 like the only thing Twitter was talking about was oh, LeBron couldn't score on these guys. And I'm just like, these are like 200 pound white guys. Like, these <laughs> yeah. guys, like the, the heaviest player on the bad boy Pistons weighs less than, Le- than LeBron. So like, you know, if these guys tried to, but hand the- checking Barry, hand uh... checking, hand checking. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I'll show, I'll show, and I've shown this on like all the clips I've done where like, you know, they don't even touch MJ. And he's going up for an easy, like mid range jumper, like without any contest. And people, I mean, I've on like the videos that I've done on the Bad Boy Pistons, I've had people tell me you need to do videos on the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is this is the video, and just that they just refuse to like the the nostalgia again is just such a big factor, and like they just absolutely refuse to believe that. Like, I mean, I I honestly think that like if you put LeBron in the 80s and 90s, he he would. I don't know about the late 90s because in the late 90s that was when like the pace really, really slowed down. But I think in the eighties to early nineties, I think you put LeBron in there. He, he puts up, he averages a 35 point triple double pretty easily. I think well, I, mean, I, I always find it interesting. Like just take, if you just take the, the Michael Jordan highlights that have been shown around the world a million times, like the shot against yeah. the Cavs, that's on Craig Elo. Craig Elo's fucking me with a mullet. 
Like he's he's Uncle Joey from Full House. Yeah, yeah. Like the you know the 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 shot against the Jazz. Like oh, he beat. They had two Hall of Famers. Yeah, well, Byron Russell was guarding him. Like yeah. Byron Russell is a UPS driver. Barry, can well, you he, like they, like they still had like and the thing is like they, he was still being guarded by like John Stockton and, and Jeff Hornacek who you know are, are ice cream truck drivers. So yeah, <laughs> they don't like they're two ice cream truck drivers. So. Like, and he shot like 44% against them. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, I don't even know, but just, can you, I just, I, but, can you, can ahead. you talk about, I'm gonna hop in here. Can you explain how and why Kevin Durant ruined basketball? <sighs> well, uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Well, I mean, just from a, just from a, like a purely, entertainment standpoint there's no suspense anymore about who's going to win even last year during the the western conference finals when houston like it, when houston went up three two you just had like this inevitable sense that all right the warriors are going to wake up and kick houston's ass even without even without chris paul and like as just watching that even then i was like the warriors are gonna they're gonna wake up and they're gonna kick houston's ass and that's exactly what they did um but besides that, I mean, it's been like no contest. Like you, you took a team that had already won, you know, 73 games and already had three All-NBA players, had the unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. And, you know, you add a top two player to that team. It makes it comically, it makes them comically overpowered. And last year, in I think it was game three, when Steph shot like, you know, three for 16 and the Warriors still won, I think that was the best example of it where, you know, their fall, I mean, their fallback plan is basically the most talented scorer of all time. Like, oh, Steph Curry has a bad game. Well, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, Kevin Rand has an off game. Go ahead, Steph. Like, I can't really think of like another, and even like, and if both of those guys have bad games, it's like, oh, Clay can go off for 30 and he can make like 10 threes and a half. So like, and not even to mention the fact that they've added DeMarcus Cousins. So, like, like before Durant went to Golden State, I mean, you had OKC was a contender. Obviously, Golden State was a contender. You had San Antonio, too. Like, and in the East, you had the Cavs. So, there was, like, s- some genuine suspense there. And as soon as Durant went to Golden State, pretty much all that suspense was out the window. I mean, the only suspense now is, all right, who's going to win finals MVP between KD and Steph? And that's... You know, it, it's, and there's it's, really not a lot of suspense for that either. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, last year, last year, Steph was. I mean, we I joke about it a lot because I think eventually, I think he will get one. So I'm trying to get all the jokes in, finally, <laughs> now. Um, but I mean, like, after the first two games, I mean, before he had that awful game three, I mean, he was on pace to win it. Um, but so I think eventually he'll get one. But it really um, the, the the Durant thing. It, it was a perfect storm of. Like it's almost unmatched in and and could never be matched again. It was a perfect storm of having already the best team ever with the best record, and then just at the same moment having the second best player in the world have such a weird, fucked up ego, like low self esteem, defending himself on Twitter. Like there's only one guy you could ever convince to join that team the way he did. And that's Kevin Durant. And he was still, he's still doing it now. He's still fucking freaking out. Yeah. I I think 
well, to me, it's like it, it's like I imagine like those jazz teams with Stockton Malone. Like, imagine if they added Hakeem or Shaq. Yeah. Like that's that's basically the equivalent of what Durant did with the Warriors. Like you you take an already contending team, and you add a, you know a top two or three player to that team. Um, I mean, it also was just like it also was just a bunch of fluky things. Like obviously you mentioned already Durant. Durant probably has like the lowest confidence, has like the the least confidence in himself of like any uh, superstar athlete I've ever seen. Like he's like a complete beta male. Who has uh, more? Who has more backup accounts on Twitter? You or Kevin Durant? Oh, at this moment, I only have one. Okay, um, so <laughs> well, that's probably about that's you, probably about five less than KD. When you get suspended, real quick. When you get suspended or banned on Twitter, when they email you, what is the reason? Like, like what are some, I, what are some of the tweets that have gotten you kicked off Twitter? Well, I think. Well, I got my first, like I said before, I got my first account. I'm on like account number. I've lost track now. I'm probably on like account number 10 right now. Um, <laughs> and I lost, no, I'm not even joking. Uh, and I, my first account got suspended. I had that for like three and a half years. And I, that got suspended like before the Super Bowl between the Pats and Falcons. And in the last like two years almost, I've had like nine accounts. I know, I, I, have, I have a feeling that my, original account got suspended because i jokingly said that we have to kill all white people <laughs> um, but I, I don't um but i i don't but every single time my account's gotten suspended after that i i've i've looked at i've you know they have the appeal option and i've always appealed it and it's i've never ever gotten like a definitive example of yeah this is this tweet specifically was why you got suspended so, like, for me, I'm just like, well, you know, it's just like, you know, you chop my head off, I grow back two more, where it's weird, like, for, for like, the first four years I was on Twitter, I struggled to get 10,000 followers, and in, like, the last year, like, the last half year, like, my last account got up to, like, 70,000 followers, and I'm not, not to brag, but it got <laughs> up to, like, 70,000 followers, and now this new account's already, like, at 63,000 followers in, like, two months, and I'm not, I mean, I, you know, that doesn't... In the big picture of life, you know, Twitter followers doesn't doesn't really mean shit. But oh, don't like, tell Andy that. Well, oh, I'm sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but Barry, this is also proving one other thing: Twitter clearly does not support the troops. I mean, oh, I mean, oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they are if they are repeatedly banning you, they have no love for our hardworking men and women who give us this freedom. Right? Salute yeah. the troops. Right? It, it's disgusting. It really is. It, it's just. You know, it just I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it right now. Um, just excuse me. This is this is a tough scene, Andy. It, it is a bit of a tough scene. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, just just thinking about all the troops overseas who risked their lives to defend this country. You know, uh, you know, just just thinking about Kaepernick, how he disrespected them. Yeah, it's disgusting, isn't it? it it's it's it was absolutely uncalled for, and uh, you know, I, I think I think. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, well, I don't even know. I'm too, I'm, too, I'm just too up too. I'm too upset just thinking about the troops getting disrespected. To give you a coherent answer, it's, sorry. It's, it's all right. Take a moment. Take a moment to yourself. I think Joe wants yeah, to ask you something I have, else. Uh, I have another question because I I searched. I I've seen so much of the Kobe, the LeBron, the Brady, and I I fully back what you're doing. Are you not a baseball fan? 
I, I like. Well, I'm a. I'm like a Yankee. I'm a Yankees fan. Ah, uh, uh, see, this is this was my theory. I said he's either not a baseball fan or he's a Yankee fan because I was wondering you you do such a good job taking down the you know the paper heroes. Derek Jeter, arguably, you know the Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady of uh, Major League Baseball. Like, uh, talk about a guy who's overrated simply because of the amount of rings he's walked away with. Well, you know, baseball is different, though, because, like, baseball is weird in that, like, in in basketball and football, rings are constantly brought up. And for, like, besides really Derek Jeter, when it comes to, like, baseball, most of the time rings are never really mentioned. Like, nobody talks about how many rings Babe Ruth won, really, if you think about it. Like, people are always like, oh, Tom Brady has five rings. Michael Jordan has six rings. And, like, if you ask somebody how many rings Babe Ruth won, I think he won seven. I'm not sure. I don't know offhand, but it's like, it's like, and you look at like Mike Trout, like everybody agrees he's the best player in the world. But like, instead of hearing, oh, he doesn't make his teammates better. He doesn't, you know, he's never won a playoff game. Like people don't use that to discredit them. So, cause baseball is more of like an individual sport masquerading as a team sport. So it's, I mean, I love playoff baseball, but I think regular season baseball is like, I think the season's a little too long. It can be a little bit drawn out and boring at times. Whereas playoff baseball, I mean, I love watching playoff baseball, especially when the Yankees are in it, obviously, uh, because the intensity is just so much higher and every pitch means more. And, you know, and uh, I, I just on an off note, I, I've never seen a classier pitcher than Josh Hader. Just just want to put that out there. <laughs> class act right there. Josh Hader. Josh Hader's a class act. Loves the troops. Now, I, I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't be doing a service to all of our dirty sports troops if we didn't get you going on Kobe Bryant a little bit. I have been the, I've been the world's foremost Kobe hater. I, and I, I, I'll say it. I'm a plain hater. I like I don't I don't like his game. I don't like his personality. I don't like that he has now admitted to raping somebody. I don't like that he is credited yeah. with five rings when he was never like he never even won a playoff series without a dominant big man. Let's talk a, a little bit about who and what Kobe Bryant was as a basketball player and otherwise. Well, I, I mean, as as a basketball player, for all of his for all of his faults, me he was he was obviously a great basketball player. I mean, no nobody can deny that. No matter no matter how much you may hate his game, I uh, I think he I think he's like the tenth best player of all time. With that being said, it's like as soon as I say that, I already know like I can hear the audible groaning of his fans, like saying, "Oh, he's at least top two. Like you yeah, know, they they they. Like, I I kind of groan even at top ten, but I'll uh, you know like we'd have to break it down close. But he's I agree. Borderline. With you. He's, he's borderline for me. Yeah. Um. But I I think uh, like. I've never he like if if MJ is Coca-Cola, Kobe's RC Cola. Like yeah. that's the best way to put it. Like Kobe basically he's he's a aside from cuz I I I hesitate to say he's a rapist because he well he, I'm he, saying that now. He confessed he confessed he never, to he it by the way. He was proven guilty. He was never you know, he was never found guilty in court. So Right. But at the same time, like when you go and you look at like the police reports, it, it's 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 a tough scene. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to I don't mean to make light of that. But like in, in all seriousness, like when you go and you read the police reports, it's like, oh, my God, like this guy was if what happened in the police reports was true. I mean, like it's it's ridiculous. Well, and I've heard we think and I've heard, we, we, and I've heard I've heard that like I I heard rumors that he said like 
he convinced himself mentally that the rape didn't happen and that if he kept on winning that people would forget about it and i think mamba mentality kind of right yeah we 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 think it's funny living out here in los angeles because obviously the me too movement is strong out here especially within all the the hollywood Hollywood, the hollywood elites And they, they have just completely ignored, you know, Kobe got his number retired last year at the Staples Center. Big ceremony. Yeah. No big outcry out here in L.A. All these celebrities who were so offended. It's like he straight up raped somebody. And, and, and in a way, if you go in, we've talked about it on our show before. Deadspin did a great article, in the, I think, in October on it. If you read the reports, in a way, he's now basically admitted well, maybe she didn't. He, he he admits that she didn't give give consent. So whatever. But I don't I don't want to go down yeah. that. But but the the point of, of bringing Kobe up, I think, is that these people who don't under don't understand the all around game of someone like LeBron James and like Joe pointed out that he never won a series without Shaq or Pau Gasol. He never won a playoff series. So this this whole argument of Kobe LeBron, like guys, look look at these rosters that, Le- and I know it's the East and the East is weaker, but the rosters that LeBron took to the finals, I started laughing to myself the other day, out loud, just thinking that LeBron won two games in the finals in 2015 with Moskov and Delavadi Leaguer. Like he won two he won two playoff yeah. games in the finals with those guys. Kobe couldn't get yeah, past I- the first round. The thing is, like, here's the thing: like, Kobe is is known as this like clutch god and clutch superstar. Can can anybody name like a clutch shot that he made in the finals? No. Like, like I mean, like, what is his like? And when you think about like all the the clutch shots that those like Lakers teams made, it's always Robert Ory or Derek Fisher, or, like, or or even Artest. Like Artest, it's like it's like honestly, and I'm not even like trying to be joke. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to be snarky. Kobe's like most memorable finals moment is going six for 24 in game seven against Boston, like in 2010 when they won. So like, I, I just like, he basically like Kobe somehow, and this might be his greatest accomplishment. He somehow convinced like the masses that he's clutch by copying MJ's mannerisms. Yes. And, well, the, like it, just, I, I just, I, it's, it's just mind blowing to me. Like how this guy just like, I mean, I don't, I don't mean, to be fair to Co- to be fair to him, when he in those in those three years where he didn't have um, Shaq or or Pow, I mean his his supporting cast were bad. pretty bad. Yeah, terrible. We're bad. So, but I think I think. But look at but look at the Cavs this year. Look at this roster. Look what this roster is doing without LeBron James. Like they're bad oh, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, but, it, like, it, like, yeah. But, but I mean, if you broke it down again, I know the East and West are different. But if we really want to break it down, obviously Schmush Parker was hot garbage and Chris Mim and all those fucking Kwame Brown. Kwame yeah, Brown. Kwame Brown, all those guys he had. But it's like if we go back and we look at that same era at the 2007 Cavs roster, I mean, yeah. come the fuck on. Like, who's who's LeBron's second guy on that and, and team? You're not, Larry well, you're Hughes? Not, you're not going to disrespect Sasha Pavlovich like that, okay? <laughs> okay. He, he was a, a troop in Lithuania or wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> Yeah, you got you got NBA Hall of Famers Ira Newble and Daniel Gibson <laughs> and uh, Anderson Barajow and Drew Gooden. I mean, any grown yeah. man called Booby is not is not a is, you know you know like that's your go to guy. The guy's called Booby. I mean, what are we talking although, about? Here? Although to be fair, to be fair to Booby, 
he did have a great game six against Detroit where he went off for like eight three-pointers. I remember that. So to be fair, but other than that, yeah, pretty much LeBron's supporting cast was, was his supporting cast really for his entirety of his first tenure in Cleveland were, were, were was shit. So his best player, I mean, his best teammate was Mo Williams for seven years. Well, I got to tell you, Barry, what my what I do like about you and what the reason I enjoy all the videos you put up, all the tweets you put up is unlike so many people, I can tell you watched and I can tell that you continue to watch and I can tell that you are completely aware of everything that's going on. And I think a lot of the people that argue both, you know, any of these arguments, whether it be Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you know, sucks or this is what Jordan did or this is what Kobe did. I feel like a lot of these guys just don't just have no clue what actually happened. And the biggest example that I've ever seen of that in all sports is you the knock on LeBron is the the big knock. The huge one is the Mavs series he lost. And yeah. and I feel like 95 percent of the time the people I'm arguing with. I'm actually alerting them to the truth that Kobe Bryant got swept by that team and lost game four by 41 points. Like, they have no idea that that Mavs team urinated on Kobe Bryant's Lakers. And that's what what upsets me. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention that Lakers had just won back-to-back titles. Yeah. So they were the two-time defending champ that you said just— Literally, Dirk Nowitzki dropped his pants and took a hot, steaming, sauerkraut German dump all over yeah. Kobe's face, and we just somehow forget that. Well, I think well, they I, didn't know it in the first place, so they didn't forget it. Well, I, I think here's the thing, though. For me, like, I don't try to justify. Like, I think if there is like one legitimate black mark on LeBron's career, I think it like it is that series versus the Mavericks. Um, so I don't. I, I've never really tried to justify because, I mean, I, I, it'd be hypocritical of me and because I'm such a class act. It'd be hypocritical. <laughs> it, it'd be hypocritical of me to, like, say LeBron's the best player but not hold him to that standard. And the, he played – like, I, I remember watching that game. I remember watching that entire series. Um, and I remember, like, I was – as a LeBron fan, I've been a fan of LeBron since he was at St. Vincent St. Mary's. Uh, and I remember just like, I was like, I'd never been more disappointed because I was like, this is your chance to prove all the guys. Like, cause if you remember, like when he went to Miami, not only was he hated for leaving Cleveland, like people were saying like he quit in, versus the Celtics the year before, like he was getting like people were saying, oh, he choked versus the Celtics the year before. And like he, this was his chance to get back and, and prove to people that, you know, he could do it. And he just, he just like completely shit his pants. Um, the way I look at it is. I don't try to justify that series, but I look at it. All right, that that was seven years ago, and like if you look at his last, if you look at his production over the last seven finals that he's played in, and you compare that to Michael Jordan's six finals that he played in, I know it's different eras and stuff, but like his production is like right there with MJ's over the last seven finals. And so like I look at it, like he had to earn his way back all those seven years, and people were like, oh, the East is horrible, but. Like I mean, still to to win a to win a conference like seven straight years, eight straight years. I mean, it's 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 no joke. Yeah. So I think um, I think a lot of I think of a lot of LeBron's greatness. I think you have to I think you have to apply a lot more context to it because 
as opposed to like guys like MJ or Kobe, guys who have the rings. Like a lot of, I think sometimes people forget that basketball is like a, just a, a make or miss sport. Like, to you can like imagine like if John Paxson or if Steve Kerr like missed those shots in the '93 and '97 finals, and they had in those series had to go to seven games. Like anything can happen in a game seven. The right. Bulls might have lost. It's like, but LeBron kicks it out to an open Kyle Korver or J.R. Smith, and they brick it. And it's like, oh, then the Cavs lose. It's like, well, so- I mean, I I think we can all agree that when Paxson or Kerr catch those balls, that the ball is covered in Michael Jordan's killer instinct. And so it's almost like there's right, no, yeah, there's right. no chance that they can miss it when it just has his killer instinct all over it. You're absolutely right about that. And, <laughs> um, you know, it's like osmosis. They just, he just transferred it to his teammates. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's probably what LeBron lacks. He just didn't, you know, he, even when he came back down from three, one against the 73 win team, just, it just didn't have enough killer instinct. I mean, he 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 was too scared. He had Kyrie Irving make that shot for him. That's our favorite thing, by the way. We we love. How do you quantify that phrase? Killer instinct. Oh, now, terrible. Barry, we're gonna let you go because we know you have a lot of supporting the troops oh, to no, do. No, I'm enjoying this. You keep me on. <laughs> I want I want to ask you a favor. Um, you uh, you've got you've got about a year and a half to uh you know start calling some video and calling some stuff. But I'm currently 39. I'll be 40. In July, the following mm-hmm. July, I'll be 41. I'd really love a Barry McCockner. He's 41 highlight video of myself. Look, I can't believe he's doing this. He's 41. Well, yeah, I mean, you know who else is 41? Who's that? Uh, he plays quarterback for the Patriots. Oh, Tom Brady can't. He's too good. He can't be 41. He's got to be. He's got to be in his late 20s. He he is, he is 41 years old, and next year he'll be 42. Wow. That exp- and, I, it makes sense. I've seen a dad bod going on there. Yeah, I mean, he's built like a fish, but, you know. <laughs> Barry, it has been a pleasure. We're, we're glad to I'm have you. I'm standing up to support Barry yeah. for, while we say goodbye. Stand up. Barry, you're welcome back anytime. What's I got to ask, what's on the uh, what's on the plate for uh, Thanksgiving, though? Like, like, like w- w- what kind of meals are you eating to show your support for the troops? You know, I'll be honest here. I, I've always thought Thanksgiving was overrated. Um, it's a hot take. Uh, might not be. <laughs> it's a bad hot take, but that's all right. Um, I've always, I've always felt like Halloween. Well, I'll go on a little. I'll go on a little rant here. I've always felt like the Christmas as a kid is the best holiday because you get a lot of gifts. But Halloween is the best holiday overall because when you're a kid, it's about getting candy, and then as you get older, it's about getting laid. And Christmas, as you get older, it goes from being about. I know. I by the way, that that just gave me your age range because when you get even older, it's about fucking staying home and letting disaster drunken people be in costume. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Christmas, but Christmas as you get older as an adult is uh, is horrible because you're like you don't get gifts anymore, you don't get as many gifts, and you're buying st- shit. So Thanksgiving to me, and I've said it before on my account, it's just like every whenever I think of Thanksgiving, I just think of just getting fat and just having like political arguments with family and just it's like you have to like awkwardly just sit there for like two or three hours just like uh, hey, hey meeting meeting relatives you don't really know but um i guess i guess i'll just have in terms to finally answer your question i guess i'll have you know the usual turkey maybe a little stuffing um you know it, it's it's gonna be uh i'm gonna donate the leftover uh food that i have to <laughs> the armed forces um just because that's that's the type of person I am. You're but. a class act. 
uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's classy to say that I'm a class act, but you know, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm a class act. You know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say that. We'll and, say um, it for you. Thank you, Barry McCockner. You're on Twitter. Where else can people find you and listen? I, I know you have a podcast, right? I do. Ha- I just started a podcast. Um, it's called the Class Act Pod, and it's it's revolutionary in the fact that it's the first time that a middle class white male has ever had a podcast in America. And groundbreaking stuff. It, it you know, I, I don't want to compare myself to Martin Luther King Jr. but <laughs> uh, and Jackie Robinson, but I'm pretty much like the Jackie Robinson of podcasts. So if you're if you want to support the movement, just go ahead and follow the Class Act Pod. Uh, I think if you enjoy my stuff, you'll really enjoy that. Well, Barry, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate you doing the show, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Maybe, maybe get you live sometime if you're ever out in Los Angeles. Absolutely. All right, Barry. Thanks, and enjoy your Thanksgiving. And uh, we appreciate your service. You too, guys. Stay classy, and remember to always support the troops. Fantastic. Barry McCockiner. I love it. I love Barry. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. Supports the troops. What else is there to say? Bringing the truth. Yeah. I, I, my, one of my theories came true. I, I, I thought he either just does not care for baseball at all or he's a Yankee fan because no one deserves the, uh, no one deserves the call out for the overrated on Twitter treatment like Derek Jeter. Turns yeah. out he's a Yankee fan. It's yeah. okay. We all have our biases. Well, Joe, we got a lot to cover still. Yeah. But you're talking about overrated. You know what is not overrated? SeatGeek. I'll tell you what, Andy. Just bought SeatGeek tickets for Notre Dame SC at the Coliseum this Saturday. We were just there on Monday, going back to the Coliseum on Saturday to see Notre Dame carve out their place. The overrated Fighting Irish carve out their place in the national championship playoff. And SeatGeek, I got fantastic seats. When I went in, I set my price level. You know, that's my favorite. I've, I've gone a lot of different ways on SeatGeek, but my favorite thing is go into the filters, set your max price. I set my max price. Boom. This thing came up. They rated it. like 9.9. Like, I think it said stupendous deal. It was glowing green. And yeah. I was like, look at this. Boom. I'm like 20 rows up. Love it. Can't wait. Well, guys, you too can take advantage of the amazing tickets available on SeatGeek. And best of all, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Andy, before we move on from Barry, I want to talk about uh, one thing because I was, as I do... you know, Barry, it's a tough scene in his mentions, yes. just like it's a tough scene in my mentions whenever I talk, you know, LeBron and Jordan. But I've said time and time again that the reason that, that I think LeBron is better than Jordan is he's doing, he's dominating the game at a similar, if not better, higher level than Jordan did against better competition, to which somebody replied to me. So if Giannis is the best player in basketball five years from now, then he's the best player ever? And I was like, 
no. You, first of all, no. Yeah. You, that's not how it works. Not just the best player in the most modern era is the best. But but I would like to say this because I didn't. I mean, it was such a dumb question that I didn't even know how to respond. If 15 years from now, Giannis has only two NBA titles, in, but he he's taken two NBA championships to Milwaukee, and he's pacing as the greatest scorer of all time, and he's going to finish top 10 in assists, and he's going to finish top 15 in blocks when the rest of the league is unicorns, Perzingis, and Anthony Davis, and Zion Williamson coming in, and Durant. If 15 years from now, Giannis has two championships, multiple MVPs, seven finals appearances, and he's doing it against all these unicorns that are coming? Yes. Yes. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, let's see if that happens. Let's see if he makes six NBA finals and wins two of them. But 15 years from now, if he's dominating on a LeBron-like level when the game just goes to that much more athleticism and that much more freakish unicorns at every position, yeah, yeah, he's the guy. Just being the best player at any given moment in, in the future does not make you the best. But dominating on that level, yeah, then he would be. Yeah. Well, again, people don't want to acknowledge that everything progresses. That's what I don't get. And, and, and again, it's always basketball. It's the weird... I don't know why. Because, the reason... Because, it, we have no, because we still have nostalgia with other sports. Yeah. We have our, we have our own personal nostalgia with baseball, with football... But for some reason, I've I've said it time and time again. Marketing and capitalism is fascinating. McDonald's sells makes more money than any restaurant in America. How, Andy? How is that possible? How is it possible that McDonald's of all the restaurants makes the most money? Well, they do have a brilliant marketing campaign. They forever. they fucking go huge. Yeah. You know, the McDonald's no one promotes especially in the 80s and 90s when they were laying the groundwork no one promoted more than mcdonald's they're getting the kids with the happy meals they're introducing salads when people start calling them unhealthy breakfast all day when people start like they the mcrib comes and goes as it pleases like mcdonald's is brilliant and they sell the most burgers in the 1990s michael jordan was endorsed by mcdonald's gatorade nike haynes Looney Tunes, fucking Warner Brothers. Like, the dude covered it all. Marketing is amazing. And if you think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, congratulations. You are a pawn to the marketing game. Well, and and not only that, I want to add one point to that. He wasn't just doing all those companies. He didn't have any competition. So if you look nowadays, sure, I see LeBron doing Sprite commercials or this was funny. After Sprite, I can't. What else is LeBron doing right now? I have no idea. But that's my point. You could you just listed easily all those different brands that, that the first do, shoe, the first player to have but a right shoe. Now, I could with say the, you could say my point is this: LeBron's doing Sprite. Uh, Chris Paul and James Harden are doing State Farm. My point is it's spread out now. Yeah, they have multiple athletes. Do you think? Do you think people were murdered? You think there was a? Do you think there was hundreds of people being murdered in the in the nineties for their Jordans? Don't be stupid. Fucking marketing, 
Okay, people are getting murdered. It's like I gotta get these shoes. I gotta get them. People are getting murdered over yeah. them. And every middle class to upper class white kid in America made their parents go out and buy them fucking Jordans. And it's happening today. Like if you're still, if you're the guy who's in his thirties and forties that's going out and buying the oh they're they're bringing back the Jordan Nine. You are a fucking you're, you've been you've been duped by marketing into thinking that some guy. Who's not as talented at basketball as LeBron James is the best ever. It's funny you say because I can vividly remember. I can vividly remember being in the second grade. Second grade. When one of our friends got new Jordans. And it was such a big deal. Yeah. I was eight years old. Seven years old. It was such a big deal. Because he was the guy. And we all had it. We all had it. Now, you, now you're a guy who grew up a Knicks fan in New York. But even me. I grew up in Cincinnati. This is what's so funny that you bring that up. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. No NBA teams. You know, Cleveland's four and a half hours northeast. And it's, so it's really not that close. What, but what did I have as a kid who didn't have an NBA team? I had a Jordan poster on the wall. Yeah. It was a big deal when I got any Jordan gear. Yeah. The NBA on NBC, McDonald's, Gatorade, Haynes. Uh, huge ordeal. Got, look, marketing's amazing. Do you know the only NBA hat I ever owned? until basically I moved, was a Bulls hat. Yeah. You love the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, it was brilliant. It's a good point, man. A lot of ad agencies in the 80s and 90s in Chicago. Yeah. A lot of them. Lots of them. I never thought of that, though, until now, that Jordan Jordan was his own monopoly within the NBA of and I got to shout out. I got this is this is also this has to be mentioned. I have to shout out my uh, co-host of the Dirty Slides podcast, Andy Lazarus. He has sent me uh, this guy who's doing NBA videos. I forget if it's like the NBA storyteller or the NBA. I'll, I'll find it, but um, he has sent me a video that this guy is investigating. That the this the guy who got Jordan's got the last spot on Jordan's high school team, this legendary figure who who was chosen to be on the team over Jordan, the last spot does not exist and has never existed. And the guy was at his Hall of Fame speech, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" There's no historical proof that this person existed. The coach who had talked about it in "Come Fly with Me," the the VHS tape about Jordan. Was not his high school basketball coach? Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. So this is... It's the, one of the great conspiracy theories of all time. This is a great conspiracy. So yeah. for people who don't know, because we have a lot of young listeners, the thing about Jordan was that he didn't make his high school team... The NBA Storyteller, Michael Jordan's Web of Lies, Part 1. The NBA Storyteller Investigation. So, but let's just let everybody know. Yeah. The thing always was on Jordan, and I read all his biographies again. Yeah. I was all about Come Jordan. Come Fly With Me, yes. the movie. All that stuff was that Jordan didn't make varsity. As a sophomore. As a sophomore in North Carolina. Right. That he had to play for the JV team. And that there was one guy that it came down to one decision, Jordan or this guy. And forever, Jordan has been fueled by this other player. That this guy is the ghost he has been chasing forever. And he was out to prove forever. For his entire NBA career, that that guy was not better than him. Meanwhile, there is no historical evidence that this player 
ever existed. And Jordan says he was six seven, and they took a guy who was six seven, and I wasn't that tall yet. The the lat like the, if you watch this, the tall the next tallest basketball player on their roster is six foot four. So somehow the last guy to make the team is three inches taller than the tallest player on the team. That's the last guy that you you don't have anybody on your team who's over six four, and you're like, should we take the six seven guy or not? So, so wait a second. So I'm just it's think- a f- fictional character. I'm thinking now. But here's the best part: he was at the Hall of Fame induction. Jordan now. So we have two major conspiracies. Obviously, there's the one which again, why is no one talking about that? Jordan's dad was murdered over his gambling debts. Over his gambling debts. Uh, th- two, he was hung over for the flu game. Okay. Another good Jordan conspiracy. And three, the NBA said, look, bro, your dad got whacked because you didn't pay some Italian mafia guy some gambling debts. You have a gambling problem. You need to leave the NBA for a year, make up some bullshit reason. He comes up with baseball. Comes back, loses to the Magic. That's the third. And now number four. The, the, you got you to watch it. It's amazing. It's my it's, ama- it's it's like four parts. It's like a web of lies. It, it is. I think I, I believe I just said it's called Michael Jordan's Web of Lies. <laughs> yeah, it's called Web of Lies. Michael Jordan's Web of Lies, Part but, One. But does this include all these conspiracies? No, this include this is this is just about this is a four part series on how this player is was is marketing legend. Dude, how has no one in Come Fly With Me? They interview Michael Jordan's high school coach about this situation. It's not his coach. His coach refused to be in the interview. And a guy who was later hired by the team was not even there the year he made the cut. Is the guy interviewing? How has no one done research on this before? (laughs) Because we marketing's just, amazing and everybody wants it to be true. Hey, <laughs> I know. I'm speechless. I know. Has has a reporter ever had the balls? And I was. By the way, when I watched that the first time, I was like, "Is this Barry? Is Barry doing this work? Is McCockner also the NBA storyteller?" And to me, it's not even that much balls. Has anyone sat Jordan down and just said to him this question? Have they just said to him, Michael? Did you leave the NBA? No, no, nor would they. Why? Because it's Michael Jordan. So? No one who's doing it. Ahmad Rashad? Ahmad Rashad is a hologram invented by Michael Jordan. I'm not even sure. It's, the, the real Ahmad Rashad died of CTE after playing in the NFL and was replaced by a fucking robot whose sole purpose it is is to interview Michael Jordan whenever Michael Jordan is interviewed and only ask softball questions because if he asked hardball questions, Michael Jordan would swing and miss at them like he did 178 times in his minor league short season. If he throws him softball questions, he can knock him out of the park. But my point is, Prano, how has no one asked Jordan? Because Jordan refuses to do interviews with anybody but Ahmad Rashad, robot Ahmad Rashad. Like, dude. That's the other web of lies conspiracy. Is Ahmad Rashad a real person or did he die of CTE and created in a lab to only interview Michael Jordan? When's the last time you saw Ahmad Rashad? NBA Inside Stuff is basically the Illuminati's Saturday show to promote Michael Jordan. It was like a, a highlight show. It was like a Michael Jordan propaganda show masquerading as an NBA show. Hosted by Michael Jordan's robot. I'm just 
mind blown that no I know. One, that no one's been like, hey, bro. You left the NBA for a year. There's rumors that David Stern told you you had to. No one's no one's questioned. People th- often ask me, Joe. You you know, like a, a big thing about my career in comedy and in life and things is like you drink and you do and you you're always talking about drugs and what. When you live this truth, it's very hard to exist in the world. When you're the one, per- I'm like the crazy person out on the street in conspiracy theory who's like yelling. I'm the lunatic. It's like who's he talking to? I'm screaming the truth about Michael Jordan for going on two decades, and no one will listen to me. It it will cause you to put whiskey in your coffee on a fucking Wednesday morning. You got whiskey in there? Yes, because goddamn it, Michael Jordan is a fucking marketing scam. Anyway, are we going to pick some football games? Yeah. Well, before we do that, I want to say you're looking fresh in those Flag and Anthem gear. Thank you. My Flag and Anthem pants. Actually, I thought, you know, my favorite holiday is tomorrow, Thanksgiving. I thought I'd come out with some floral duds with the bananas on it. This is not a Flag and Anthem shirt, but I said, what am I going to touch these up with? Like something has to mask the greatness of this, match the greatness of this shirt. And I was like, oh, my Flag and Anthem Brick red jeans. And look at this. This this might be my favorite outfit. Yeah, it looks good. I got, I got the ox blood. Is that what it's called? Yeah, ox blood. Love these. Dude, these are such soft, comfortable corduroys. Love them. Guys, the holiday season is here. Look fresh. Go to flagandanthem.com. And if you drop promo code DIRTY, you get 25% off your first order. If you love and support the troops... Like Barry McCockner. Yeah. You go to Flag and Anthem. Not 23% off like Jordan. Yeah. Not 24% off like Kobe post-rape. But 25% off. Yes. 25% off. So go to flagandanthem.com. Drop that promo code DIRTY for that amazing 25% off deal. Before we get to games, are we going to talk about Monday Night Football's game? I mean, I've never... You're, you're like a five-year-old. You like even talking this morning. You're like, I'm still kind of hyped up. You're like the the Monday Night Football game for you was like Maddie Goldberg's breakup. You're like, I haven't been able to sleep since the Monday Night Football game. It's been four days. I'm standing only to not only to support the troops, but also because I can't sleep. You're like, I'm thinking about getting rid of my bed because of what Pat Mahomes and Jared Goff did on Monday Night Football. I'm like, what is what what happened? Because here's why I've been so excited in turn. We witnessed history live. Yeah, it was great. I'm glad you pulled the, the trigger on tickets on SeatGeek. And uh, it was it was awesome to watch. It was, um, I, I'll tell you what, I knew it going in. I didn't think it would be 105 points scored. But I knew it going in. Tug Coker, Tug was mentioned, uh, brought some beers on the train. Brown bagged a couple of Coors Lights and Miller Lights. And we got to the game, and I ordered another Blue Moon. And I specifically, and don't before you shit on me, they didn't have Miller Lite or any other good beer for that matter. Uh, I specifically was like, "That's my last beer. I don't want to have twelve beers at this game because, like, this is going to be something I want to remember every second of." And I was a hundred percent right. It was it was a fantastic game on so many levels. The offenses were great. The defenses were scoring. Like, we had d- three defensive touchdowns. Um, it just watching a game, it was like, it, I can't imagine how many points one team would have had to be up for me to be like, well, this game's over. But not only that, the atmosphere in there, and I've always said this, night, there's a completely different vibe 
in a night NFL game than a day game. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah, of course. So it's just a different vibe in there. That was the loudest. Now, this is the third year the Rams have been here. That was my fourth Rams game. That was, without a doubt, the loudest I've seen the Coliseum. Yeah, for sure. The crowd was electric. The crowd was into it. I ended up looking. There was 77,000 people there, so about 10,000 more than the normal capacity that they set it at. It was nuts. I didn't leave. Guys, I didn't leave my seat the minute we sat down 15 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. Not once. Prano goes to get a pretzel. You pretzel were gone, on a piss. You were gone literally I, I mean, 10 I, minutes. I, I, I James bonded it. And it was like the, I snuck in through the back door of the bathroom. I got went to the ATM so I could go to the cash-only line of the pretzel. I was back in like eight minutes. I missed. You go, you go, Ruther, what the fuck just happened? There's yeah. another touchdown? Yeah. And it wasn't even like a touchdown by the team that had the ball when I left. Yeah. It was, the, it was one of the Rams' defensive yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, it, it was the sack fumble recovery, you know, the 11-yard fumble recovery. Number 50. I'm yeah. not even going to attempt to pronounce yeah. his name. It was amazing. This is why I'm so turned because I know, I know, dude, the odds of me ever witnessing a game like that in my lifetime it, are very small. It is because for, for a number of reasons. One, I mean, first of all, no team has ever lost scoring 50 points. It's the first time a team has ever lost in NFL history scoring 50 points. The highest scoring Monday Night Football game in history. So even if you got a crazy game like that, it's not going to be ha- – like it was also a national game. Everybody was watching that game. Everybody was there. The move from Mexico. So many things played into it that you'll never see something like that again. Also, it was two teams that are doing – let's mention Tug again. Tug was mentioned a second time. At Tug was mentioned twice. Uh with these stacked teams, with the quarterback on their rookie deals, with the crazy weapons. Like, the Rams and Chiefs are doing something sort of simultaneously. Obviously, the Rams have McVay. The Chiefs have Andy Reid doing Andy Reid things. But uh, that are that are doing this simultaneously. Like, scheme heavy. A- exciting young quarterbacks on rookie deals, which allows them to have f- tons of weapons around them like it's a perfect storm and you have a perfect storm team from the AFC and a perfect storm team from the NFC this was my Super Bowl prediction by the way Rams Chiefs and God based on that alone if the Giants don't run the table uh I want the uh you got to just keep saying it to if you want it to be true uh is I want I, I actually would prefer that the Super Bowl game Chiefs Saints would be great too but just the weapons, like on on that Rams team, it'd just be so fun to watch with the with the defensive players with Donald, with you well, know. Well, you said something during the game, and I think we should bring it up, guys. Everyone is on Khalil Mack, deservingly so. Yeah, Khalil Mack is a game changer. I would put them neck and neck right now. I'd put Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, guys. Aaron Donald leads the league in sacks. He, I don't know what his stats are. I'm not going to pull them up on strip, strip sacks and fumbles or forced fumbles. But like that game again, I'll say this: he's he, I, Aaron I have, Donald is just as important to the Rams defense as Khalil Mack is to the Raiders. I'm not sure I agree with you, but okay, I'm not sure I agree with you, but I did say, hey, defensive player of the year is going to be a tough choice. So here's the thing: first of all, the 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 Bears defense is better than the Rams defense, without a doubt, and so. You have Khalil Mack 
leading a better defense. The Rams' defensive line is their strong suit for sure and is stacked. So there's only so much double teaming and whatever that you can do without just you know unleashing somebody else. Aaron Donald is absolutely 1B to Khalil Mack's 1A. The only edge that I'm going to give to Khalil Mack is he went in there, he changed their entire defense, their defense. He took a team from being an also-ran to probably winning the division because of his addition to their defense. Now, sure, you take Aaron Donald away from the Rams, are they completely not? But their defense isn't dominating. And the other thing is, like, Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young with all but one first-place vote. I think Aaron Donald will get first-place votes for Defensive Player of the Year, and deservedly so. But I st- I'll still give Mac just a slight edge. Okay. Like, I wouldn't be mad at that, obviously. Yeah. I- I'm just saying they're, again, you brought this up during uh, the And game. also, l- linebacker is going two-way. You know, he's dropping back into coverage. He's getting yeah. he's getting interceptions. He's blah, blah, blah. But still. I, I also got to give some love to Jared Goff. I was saying it all game. He missed some throws. I've said it all year, watching the Rams, obviously, every week. But. What did I say to you when we were at the game? I said, this is it, man. When it comes down to it, can Jared Goff drive them down? And I told you. what. The, remember when I go. You said, I, go, you said, I feel a Jared Goff pick coming. I go, I feel a Jared Goff interception. And one play later, he throws a bad pass. He throws an interception. And it was dropped. Exactly. Like, and that's, you know, and. But. He, but he recovers from that, drives him down, and gets the score. That's what I want to say. But Goff hey, recovered from Mahomes that. Mahomes turned the ball over multiple times. Um, but it's something that you have to – that's something when I look at quarterbacks that you have to remember when evaluating everybody. The eye test is super important because you go into the stat sheet. He threw a pick to lose that game. He, he straight up did. Now, it was dropped, you know, but Mahomes then – through, I mean, just down, just at the end of the game alone, he threw a pick that would have iced it had, you know, uh, McVay not for some reason thrown the ball when they got it back. I have no idea what that was about. And then threw another pick to end it. Well, I w- actually, Mahomes at the end, I think it showed his inexperience. Mahomes, amazing game. Yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away. But at the end of the game, I think the the savvy veteran quarterbacks – are making sure they're throwing the ball on the 15-yard out towards the sideline. You know what I'm saying? He threw multiple passes in the middle of the field, and I'm just thinking, like, you, you just cannot do that. Yeah. And he did it multiple times. It was amazing. It was an amazing game to see in person. I'll tell you one thing that I'm sure there's been something written about, and if there are psycho Rams fans out there or psycho NFL fans out there, please share this article with me. If there is one that you've come across on the internet, DM me or tweet at me or whatever. But... Something that I saw the Rams do that I've never seen watching it on TV, and I didn't even notice it last year when we went to a Rams game. They come out of the huddle, they go to the line, and they immediately snap the ball. Yeah, that's I've never th- seen. I don't know what the what is the strategy behind this. That's the thing. And and I have seen McVay do something else that I saw that game where he he clearly called a timeout while they were on offense after showing the play like he calls a timeout simultaneously with them snapping the ball so they can show one play and then run another he did it on defense he too. calls it on defense they they all the the chiefs were going to run a crazy Tariq Hill motion into an option play he calls a timeout then they 
they probably should have run the play anyway. He scares off Andy Reid from play, calling that play. But this go to the line immediately, like they barely get set and they snap the ball. I've never seen this version of like some sort of hurry up, hurry up out of the huddle offense. Very strange, but like works. I'm sure there's something to it. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's probably something to it. I I, I trust McVay. He's yeah. a genius. Dude, Although. I don't know what he was doing with his timeouts. His timeouts were questionable. And I don't know what he was doing down the stretch. He threw the ball twice Yeah, when they had the game. It's like they didn't run Gurley enough in the game, in my opinion, for starters. Well, that's what I was bitching all game But about. then to not run him, to not run him in the end, they threw two passes. Yeah. Now, the first one was completed, but then he almost threw a pick. Threw a pick. Threw it right at a guy. Yeah. And... They fucking waste. They they gave the ball back and they had timeouts. Andy Reid somehow had all his timeouts left, or like two of his timeouts left. Or something opposite like that. day. Yeah, it was crazy. But it was just an amazing game. Amazing game. What an as a fan of neither team, it was awesome to be there. I was like, this is just like some girl comes running up the thing trying to high five everybody out of Rams touchdown. I was like, I don't. And she's like, what? I'm like, I don't care about either of these teams. I was like, I'm here for the touchdowns. I'm like, I'm just here for the 54, 51. My only complaint about the game is. The Cheddar Dicks who were going up I mean, and down Rams the aisle. fans. It's still L.A. Dude. Oh, God. It's still LA. L.A. God. That's my knock. That's my only one knock. The amount of Rams fans repeatedly leaving their seats. You're witnessing history. There was one chick I pointed out. I'm not lying. She walked up and down the aisle 20, 20 times. times. Yeah, absolutely. Blue hair. Fucking. Classic yeah. L.A. like Silver Lake hipster. Watch the damn game. Yeah. Great game, though. And, awesome. And also, much love to everybody on social media who has appreciated the cut cam. Yeah. If you go on Facebook, there's, like, debates happening. Yeah. That's a whole other world of people trying to defend this. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. So if you're at a game at all this Thanksgiving weekend, please tweet, Instagram, whatever it is. Send us pictures of people wearing jerseys of teams or players not playing and we will put that on our official cut cam. Yeah, I can't wait to see who I see at Notre Dame SC. There's some, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield jerseys in the you, crowd. You were pretty good, Prano. You were like a, uh, you like, like a, a savant a, when it comes to just noticing out of place colors. You'd be like Rooter, Baker Mayfield jersey down there. Get a picture. Yeah, I mean, there was a Namde Asamoa ladies jersey on the way out. That was just like mind blowing to me. I'm like. What I was like, is she related to Namde Asawa? Like, how does she have a Namde Asawa Raiders ladies cut? And why is she wearing it to this? Even though the guy next I was like, is she homeless and that's just her only shirt? <laughs> like even though the guy next to us was so annoying that Prano had to switch seats with me because he was so out of control and the Rams yeah. would do well. He was he was heckling people with me that weren't wearing Rams or Chiefs gear. Yeah. He'd be like, yo, man. The Packers playing? The Packers aren't playing, bro. Even and we're doing Mexican. I'm pretty sure he was like fucking Armenian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wasn't sure if he was Armenian or Mexican. Anyway, great fucking game. Fantastic. I mean, at this point, though, I'm like, I was going to go to the Eagles game too. But I, you're a Rams fan, dude. Go to as many games as I you am. can. This I, could be their year. I am going to go to the Eagles could be game. their year. Probably isn't their year. But could be their year. I am going to go to the Eagles game, but. It's just, dude, you can't top that. Yeah, you can't. But uh, you know, if I were you, I would definitely go. You're you're a Rams fan. 
this is like 2015 Mets season. After the pitch, you know, I think I went to opening day that year. Pretty sure I went to opening day that year. Then we did the pitch. And then I was just like chasing him around the country because I was like, this could be it. This could be our year. I put the magic Prano touch on this season. This could be our year. And then when they get to the World Series, I was like, if they win this World Series, I'm writing a book about this season. Then they lost. And I, you know, wrote a angry diary entry about contemplating suicide. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, let's get to this week's game. We start tomorrow. now, Andy. We just—I just want to ask you one quick question because I am going to the Coliseum for Notre Dame SC this weekend. Preseason, twelfth ranked Notre Dame, underrated. Yeah, I don't think I had a big opinion on them this year. <laughs> right? I don't think I had a big opinion on it. No, just you just say universally overrated. Well, I'll say this much, uh, and that's not just Notre Dame. No team is touching Bama. I mean, I know it's not a big hot take, but I'm talking like within two scores. I, I don't see any team coming, even Georgia. Everybody's talking about Georgia. I don't see any team coming within two touchdowns of Alabama. Which team, if it's if it finishes the way it is, which team do you think gives Alabama the best game of that four? I think Georgia. But obviously that won't happen because they're going to play in the SEC. Right, and they'll have another loss. Title game. You think Georgia would give him a better game than Clemson or Notre Dame? Yes. Dude, Clemson, I know he's having a great year. You got a freshman quarterback against Nick Saban. You got to remember, when Clemson beat Bama, they had a savvy vet of Deshaun Watson. I would love it if somehow we could get a rematch of that Notre Dame-Alabama game. Just because Ian Book, to me, is like a Jason Schwartzman movie character. I see the guy on the sideline. I'm like, is this... Is this a Wes Anderson film? How is this guy the quarterback at Notre Dame? I think that if Notre Dame played Bama, they lose by three touchdowns. I think if Michigan plays Bama, which is scheduled, the same if not more. I think Bama's that good. Who I want to see in that playoff is UCF, and they won't. It, like, they won't make it. Well, UCF should absolutely be in the playoff. They jumped. It well, should just be an 8 or 16 team playoff. They shouldn't be in the 14 playoff. Yeah. But they, I want to say this without anybody missing. The University of Central Florida absolutely should be playing in a national coll- collegiate athletic association football playoff. For the championship, it just should be an 8 or 16 team playoff. Yeah. It's going to be 8 sooner or later. It has to be. But why are we doing it again? This is like, why are we doing it? This is like the uh, replay where we go to the call on the field. Why? Because you guys fucked up and made it 4. Do we have to like slowly unravel? Like, maybe let's make it 6 and uh, Bama gets a bye every year and then we'll make it 8. And then- just Can we just go to 16? Everybody does 16. Let's just go to 16. But, but, but. But what? Then they don't have a month off between games? Yes, that's the point. No month off of football. Especially, I'll watch college football if they go to 16. Especially this year. This should be very interesting. Because, you know, right now you have a lot of good one-loss teams. Washington State, Oklahoma. It's just so much better. It's just so much better. Yeah. All right, so Thanksgiving games. We'll start off with Bears at Lions. Chase Daniel playing. Who? Chase Daniel is the... I know. Yeah. I'm just... For effect. He's the backup quarterback of the Bears. 
he's playing for Mitchell Trubisky, who got hurt. That's official. How did he get hurt, Andy? Running the ball? Oh, yeah. Running the ball. Who saw that coming? Only me, because I have a crystal ball. The Bears are still favorites. all over myself. What do you think about that? The Bears are still three-point yeah, favorites. that's okay. I'm okay with that. I did not know the update on Trubisky's injury. Spit on myself. I don't know how that happened. By the way, we did see a Mitchell Trubisky. I never got that one out there. We yeah. also saw a Mitchell Trubisky. We also saw Robbie Gold. Who who owns a kicker jersey? Can you imagine? When you have a kicker's jersey, I assume you're related to that guy. Can you imagine you're going to the Rams, Chiefs, two 9-1 teams on Monday Night Football in Los Angeles, and you decide to put on a Robbie Gold jersey? Let's let's take it one step further. Forget that. Forget he already owns the jersey. He's going to wear it everywhere he can fucking possibly wear it. He probably wears it to Thanksgiving dinner. How about the guy who goes, yeah, NFL.com, return. <laughs> Robbie Gold, <laughs> click. Oh, they don't have it? All right. Custom, nine, gold. Like, who's ordering a Robbie Gold jersey? This guy, have, does he own a sporting goods store? Did he press that number on himself? Did he take a McMahon jersey and just change the name? How are their number nine? Is this a Shane Matthews throwback jersey that he's just put a different nameplate on? Where do you get a number nine Robbie Gold Bears jersey? Those are questions that need to be answered. Yeah. By the way, shout out to my Shane Matthews reference. It's a good reference. <laughs> so Bears are three-point favorites heading to Detroit. Oh, Chase Daniels is interesting. I'm going to go to Detroit. Me too. I think uh, I, I the, re- the reason I'm going to go to Detroit is because I still feel like there's something that's going to keep this uh, division close down the stretch. I don't. I still think the Bears probably win it, but I I feel like it's going to be interesting. And with the Packers' loss and the and the Bears beating the Vikings, it was getting late early for those teams. But now Trubisky out. I think it's a good game. Yeah. The Redskins with Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez head to Dallas. Which I love. This is I'm taking the Redskins. Let me say that right up out of the I gate. Too. Before I even go, you're all in on the Cowboys. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on a second. I'm you all, said it multiple times on the way to the Coliseum. I did. I did. I'm all in on the Cowboys winning the division. Yeah. I don't know where you would come up with that. I'm so. all in. I'm all in. I, I To start the year, I said the Cowboys would be awful. They might win three or four games. I was way off. I think they win the division. However... Seven points is a lot for a division game. And I know it's Colt McCoy, but... As far as backups go... I think he's a quality backup. He's fine. That's why I'm going to go Redskins. I, like, there's... there. I will have 0% shock if Colt McCoy goes into Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, wins the game. Zero. Of zero. Of negative shock. I'm going with the Redskins. Am I am I picking them to win the game? No. Well, I have zero percent shock. Absolutely. You know, tomorrow is the official seven year anniversary of the Buff Fumble. Oh wow! So does Sanchez get in the game? That's what I'm saying. That was a that was a Thanksgiving game. It was a Thanksgiving game against the Patriots. Wow! Seven years ago, tomorrow. It's kind of wild how that works. Yeah. 
Kind of like how the, the injury was 33 years to the day from Alex Smith and Joe Theismann. Yeah. That wasn't um, that wasn't as weird, though. It's It was clearly the Native Americans doing a, a broken leg dance outside the stadium. They're like, every uh, 4,900 moons, we will break our legs. Hi-ya, 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 snap! I li- Actually, this is a conspiracy I like. Yeah. A Native American dance yeah. to break legs. Yep. Why is no one talking about this? Look, a lot of people aren't talking about my theories. Eventually, you know, they all come out. It's, it's why I'm pre-Nostradamus. Five years from now, when Chief, you know, Broken Leg tells his tales. Chief Broken Leg. Yeah. Uh, they'll call this. And your night game, Atlanta travels to New Orleans where the Saints are 13-point favorites. I'm actually going to take Atlanta. It's a lot of points. It's just too many points for me. Yeah. I'm going with Atlanta, too. This is killing me already. Okay, Prano, we got to talk about that. You're 11. You lost a game last week somehow. I thought you were going to kill me because I yeah. did awful. You did awful. Five to four. We both did bad. You're 11 games back with six weeks left. What are you going to do, man? Just going to keep on, keep pressing on. Yeah, hope, what, what You're am not going to just start picking different? Yeah, I am if it's, if it's suitable. You're 11 games down with six weeks left. Yeah, I know. That was your. It, it was terrible because I've I've just had an awful weeks. Like I I'm usually good for a one five. That was my a worst year. week. Yeah, of course it was. You you needed like three or four game pickup. Yeah, and I picked all different teams. I picked multiple different games, and then fucking ended up worse anyway. So you got to pick your spots. But I this one thing that I'm terrible at is determining which terrible team is more terrible. There's like six good teams in the NFL. And then after that, I'm fucking completely lost. Well, here's another terrible game. San Francisco at Tampa Bay. The Bucks are three and a half point favorite. Who's starting? Jameis? Yeah, I think so. And Nick Mullins? Is Nick Mullins still starting? Yeah. I'm going to take San Francisco. Great. I'll take the Bucks. See, this is where it's like, I don't give a fucking single fuck. I have no strong feelings about this game. Uh, who did I just take? The Bucks. Yes. Great. Now I got a roof for Jameis. Kill me. Love it. Pats at Jets. Pats are nine and a half point favorites coming off the bye. Ooh, the Jet- Jets though. The I Jets was gonna say, like the Jets play them tough. Yeah, the Jets play them tough, especially in New York. I'm gonna take the Pats. Please take the Jets. I'll take the Jets. Yeah. I'm basically throwing you a bone. Oh come on. I am. Get the fuck out of here. Take the Pats then. Because I want to take the Pats. You want to take the bats? Take no, the fucking no, I'll bats. I'll take the Jets. I gotta make this shit interesting. Oh man, you're gonna give me that. Then I'm gonna come back and win. You're gonna be like, remember week fucking eleven when I took the bats and I didn't want to. Prano, if you come back and beat me after that, don't say you'll suck my dick because then I'm you're gonna sa- start throwing games. Next thing you know, you're gonna be trying to blow me on air. I never said I was gonna suck your dick. Come on, man. I'll eat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not too worried. Eleven game lead with six weeks. If I falter in this, it would be the biggest epic choke job of our show's history. Yeah, without a doubt. Agreed. You know what I am going to do though, this holiday season and Thanksgiving is see what's going on with my uh, Robinhood app. I'll tell you what. With the, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk about my personal finances, but I'm way better at Robinhooding than I am at picking football games this year. Yeah. Love it. How about that Bitcoin? I mean, again, don't. I'm not gonna be too specific, but I do love the uh, 
I do love the what are they called? All the uh, fake money. The it's called a cryptocurrency. Yeah, I do love the cryptocurrencies. I'm invested in numerous cryptocurrencies. All those great things, guys, are available on the Robinhood app. We love using this. There is no commission fees, right? Other brokerages are going to charge you ten dollars for every trade. Not the Robinhood app. Yeah. You can. I love it. I like going in, watching my stuff go up and down. I can look at how I've done this today, the, my live money, my monthly, my weekly, my all-time. It's so great. It's You, you can get deep. I got to say, the, my other favorite thing about Robinhood, I didn't even know this was a, a thing that happened. Robinhood's like a social media. I go in there under a stock or currency that I want to buy and people are talking about it. Yeah. And like, I, I love it. It's great, guys. And best of all, Robinhood is giving a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. That's big capital letters. F-R-E-E, guys. So sign up now at dirtysports.robinhood.com. Once again, that's dirtysports.robinhood.com. And those links, or that link, I should say, will be in our description of this podcast. So if you want to get that free stock, sign up today. Okay, let's get through these games. Your Giants travel to Philly, where the Eagles are six-point favorites. I'm taking your Giants. I'm going to take my Giants as well. Six points is too big. I'm out on the Eagles. I'm in on the, Cow- I'm in on the Cowboys. I'm out on the Eagles. All right, Oakland travels to Baltimore, where the Raiders are a 10.5-point underdog. Do we know who's starting this week? Because that is very important to me. No, but, I mean, first of all, we could look it up, and we should. Yes. But also, is it possible for the Ravens to be 10-point favorites in a game where... 10.5. Yeah, where Flacco is not starting? Come on, let's do latest. What's the deal here? Who's starting for the Ravens this week? Well, here's what I'm going to do. Five minutes ago, Ravens QB Joe Flacco is still not practicing due to hip injury. Well, it is Wednesday. Yeah. Can we do what we did last week? You got to check your phone now. Can we wait on this? I checked my phone last week. It was just... uh... Look, let me put it this way. If it's 10 and a half with Lamar Jackson, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders no Fuck matter it. what. I was just going to say, I'm taking him regardless. Yeah, 10 and a half points. Flacco's not that good of a quarterback. I mean, neither here nor there. 10 and a half points. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm taking the Raiders. All right. Jags at Bills. Jags are three-point road favorites. What is the quarterback situation currently in Buffalo? Um, they don't. I guess it's Matt Barkley. Is Josh Allen still out? Yeah, I think so. Road. I'm taking the Bills. I feel like the Jags are just a fucking disaster right now. Yeah. You, know, there's, there's, you there's, feel like that? There's murmurs. They that, were in the AFC Championship game last year. They were like a quarter away from beating the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl. I can't believe it that they suck again. Rumors that, you know, Ramsey's going to be traded, all this stuff. But for the show's sake, I'm going to take the Jags. All right. Seattle at Carolina. Ooh, my boy, Russell Wilson. What's the spread on this one? Three and a half. I'm taking Seattle. Great. Can't wait to take Carolina. Thanks. All right. Cleveland at Cincinnati. 
the Battle of Ohio, the two shitty Ohio teams. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. I'm taking the Bengals. The Browns are not very good. I am also going to take... Uh, Bengals have lost, what, two in a row? Three of their last four? They're reeling. There's a battle. Who's going to get to hire Condoleezza Rice as their next coach? The Hugh Jackson factor, which one is it going to help more? The the Bengals having him, the Browns not having him. The Browns won last week, right? Yeah. Or were they off last week? No, they were off. Yeah. They beat Atlanta the week before. Yeah. Coming off a bye week. It's back. We're uh, doing it. I'm taking I'm taking the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Arizona at the Chargers. Chargers are playing out here, and they are 12.5-point favorites. 12 and a half is too big. I'm going to take Arizona. I was just going to say, it's a big spread. Bounce back week for the Chargers? I'm going to take Zona. It's too big of a spread. All right, Miami at Indy. I'm switching that. I'm going with the Chargers. Okay. okay. No, I can't. 12 and a half is too big. Massive. I'm taking Arizona. Sorry. I wanted, to, I wanted to pull the trigger on a... Miami at Indy. Uh, what's his name? Is back. Ryan Tannehill is back yep. for the Dolphins. Indy is a seven and a half point favorite at home. Now, seven and a half. I'm taking Miami, man. Wow. Now, now Indy is putting up points like no other. Yeah. Frank Reich's been great. Yeah. It's seven and a half, man. I'm going to take Miami as well. I, that spread's jumped like crazy, right? Um, I'm going to take Miami, but I got to say, there's uh, and, I, and I've been meaning to mention this. There's, I've been very open about how fucking stupid and how, you know, everybody that has ever tweeted are the Giants regretting not taking fucking Darnold over Barkley. You still talking about this? Yeah. Should fucking eat cyanide. Uh, The only question that should ever be brought up about the New York Giants draft is should they have taken Nelson? Barkley, Allen, Rosen, go fuck yourself. Look at what Quentin Nelson has done. They haven't they haven't given up a sack in five games. The dude single handedly, now they have rebuilt their offensive line entirely, but they got a fucking once in a generation blue chip offensive lineman. Added it to a rebuilt offensive line. They haven't given up a sack in five games. They used to have one of the worst offensive lines in football. And Remarkably, Andrew Luck's good again. Yeah. With that being said, you're taking Miami? Yeah, because it's just too big a spread. Okay. Pittsburgh at Denver. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Yeah. I know Denver won last week out here, but... Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh as well. All right, your Sunday night game, the Packers at the Vikings. The Vikings are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Packers are coming off uh, a ten ten day or ten day layoff after. I'm an idiot, and Mike McCarthy will. Mike McCarthy's the new Tevas for me. He'll continue to ruin my life because he's a goddamn fucking boob. But I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I'll always believe in Aaron Rodgers. I, I like. I feel like no matter what, and this is this the sort of the Packers mo the last couple of years is like we're gonna hang around till the end because we have Aaron Rodgers but we're not gonna make the playoffs because of fucking Mike McCarthy taking the Packers yeah I want to take the Packers too I think it's a three point game 
That half point's huge. In your Monday night game, there is no line currently at all. What's Tennessee game is that? at Houston? Because no Mariota. I think they're waiting on Mariota. Well, well, we're probably going to re- be recording Sunday night, so we can repick that one. Oh yeah, good point. All right. Just ha- we'll just need a reminder. Yeah. To do that. That's right. That's it, buddy. Let's go to some comments. I've, every time I look over there, there's been some hot fires. Comments. Were this is fu- what we really need a intern for. Just like having, just be like at the end of the show. Here's five things. That were said in there. The comments were on fire. A lot of troll on troll fighting, which I yeah. thought was funny. Great. When when Barry was on the show, a lot of Jordan slurpers in there. No, but it was a lot of just faceless troll on faceless troll arguing about Brady for and against him, and I just thought it was so funny. You know, it, yeah. it's social media, but you're right, guys. I I want an intern in 2019, a capable intern. I'm not fucking around anymore. I'm not, I'm not, basically, I need an intern who can do shit and is capable, plain and simple. None of is it a shit. paid position? Maybe. <laughs> but Joe's right. It'd be really nice to have somebody in here to. We should have an IQ test. But like a, but like a Mensa style IQ test. I was going like... to say, <laughs> common sense. Yeah. Because we got we got stuff going on now. Like and, like give the intern a Rubik's cube, and like if they start trying to solve it, they can't have the job. If they throw it back to us and like fuck you, what does this have to do with interning? We're like, oh, you get it. You have a brain. Yeah, should Belly would have been in like the corner googling how to do a fucking Rubik's cube. Trevor would have been like, he's like, let me smoke a bong hit, and then this Rubik's cube will definitely make sense. EJ would have like tweeted it. <laughs> He'd be like, other weird Twitter followers. How do you solve a Rubik's Cube? But my thing is this. I, I just, for an intern, we need somebody who's going to work hard, be reliable. I just want somebody who can think for themselves. Think yes. outside the box. Yes. Guys, you know what you should do? You should do this and be like, terrible idea, but at least he suggested something. Or be one step ahead, right? If we're having a discussion about a certain player or team. Yeah. Have three different windows open on your computer. Hey, he had this stat or he did this or blah, blah, blah. But 2019, I would love an intern in here. So we'll put that back out to everybody listening. I know there were people interested before and I have DMs. So yeah, they have to fucking live here or be prepared to move here or like, yeah, not move. You got to live here. No, I mean, look, somebody moves here. Great. But like, you better have a fucking job lined up. Yeah. This is a low paid position. And by that, I mean, like, I might get you drunk occasionally. Yeah. Might buy you some fucking pizza. That's basically what we're going to do. Brent, it was fun. Barry was great. Barry was fantastic. And if you are new, you guys can subscribe to us on all things available, right? iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, all that shit. If you're a fan of Barry's, stick around. Check out a couple more episodes of us. If you're a fan of us, go check out Barry's podcast. Yes. Follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, What's follow- your Twitter? Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter, Joe Prano on Instagram, JoePrano.com for shows. We've got, uh, again, Tahoe coming up early December. We're going to have an 11-11 show at uh, the Laz Lair in uh, late December. It might be that December, that Christmas to New Year's week. That's nice. It's going to be a fun, it's always the best week to party because no one's doing anything. Um, 
And yeah, what else? Yeah, JoePrano.com. Yeah. Extra Life, all and that stuff. And you can be following me at Andy Ruther on all things social media. And you can follow our show on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. And yeah, guys, Joe's right. If you enjoy us, you enjoy Barry, give each other a listen. We're, we're just spitting some hot facts out here. Yep. That's all we're doing. Because it, ne- it needs to be known. These things need to be known. The truth. Yeah. The truth is Michael Jordan's <laughs> basketball teammate did not exist. <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Get drunk. Listen to our pod. Spread the word. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.